Welcome to Sports Talk with R and J. I am Steve Risher along with Justin D'Onofrio and another really busy show. I mean, you got, you know, the, the NBA playoffs, I mean, the NHL playoffs in full swing. You've got uh, NFL started, started last week, college football, one conference is coming back, baseball. They're finally, man, for made a good decision going to a bubble. But we got to start with game seven last night and, and the Nuggets with a dramatic, dramatic comeback o- o- over the Clippers. They were down 3-1 in that series. Many people thought that series was over. The Clippers had a 15-point lead in Game Five. They they lose that game. They had a 16. Nobody probably saw this. They had a six. They had a, I think they had a night. They had a 19-point lead on Sunday. They end up losing that game. And last night, the clip the Nuggets end up beating them 104 to 89. Terrible, terrible nights from Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Had a combined 24 points. There's 20. They scored 24 points combined. So terrible nights for those two guys. Jamal Murray proved last night why he is clearly a top 10 player in the NBA with 40 points. He had an outstanding game, and he was really good in game five as well and game six, getting this team to the conference finals. Jamal Murray, a top five point guard and a top 10 player in the NBA. That There's no debate about that right now. And Joe Cooch had a great game as well. I mean, he he, he had a triple-double after three quarters. He was, he was great too. And the Nuggets, who would have thought the Nuggets are going to the Western Conference Finals to play the Lakers. I, I still can't believe it. I still can't believe the Clippers lost. They were my pick in the season to win the NBA championship. Uh, and this is this is, this is is going to hurt the legacies of – definitely hurt the legacy of Paul George. And it's going to hurt the legacy of Kawhi Leonard because if you look at Kawhi Leonard, yes, he has he's a two-time uh, NBA Finals MVP. And I am a big defender of Kawhi Leonard, a huge defender of Kawhi Leonard. I'm a big Kawhi Leonard guy. I even said he was probably the best player in the game last year when they won the championship. But right now – I don't think you could put him in the top three. I think he's not better than LeBron. He's definitely not better than LeBron and Durant. And right now, I hate to say it, I don't think he's better than Giannis. So I, he's to me, he's not a top three player in the game. Because if you look at the two titles he won, in San Antonio, he wasn't the best player on that team when he won the MVP. That was the – still had Tony Parker. was So Tony Parker was really good. Duncan was still playing. So he wasn't the best player on that team. And then if you look at even winning it last year in Toronto, if KD's healthy, there's no way the Raptors win this series. So – this 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 is definitely this 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 loss definitely hurts uh, Kawhi Leonard's legacy. I mean, just a brutal loss, and now it's been 50 years since the Clippers have gotten to a to a conference final. Crazy, just so stunning it happened last night. Yeah, um, this Clippers team they, they fell apart, and you know, especially in that second half, they were awful shooting the basketball. And I just heard this too right before we went on the air. I guess PG and um. Montez Harrell got in a little argument during a timeout. So I, you know, um, over a pass, I guess. I think PG threw a bad pass or something. Um, so it, again, this, and this Clipper team never gelled either when they're at the ball. We, this, they never played like the championship team we thought. They, they had their moments and they played well at times, but they never fully put it together. And I think it really hurt because Lou Williams, the whole time the bubble was awful. And you could see from the beginning when he went out and, and left the bubble that he was kind of, you know, I, I just don't think he wanted any part of the bubble. And I think that was a tough loss for, the, you know, that really hurt. <laughs> Look at Joe's comments. Trevor thought there was no chance uh, that the Clippers would lose last <laughs> night. And, uh, yeah, Joe called it. He said the Nuggets would crush the Clippers. Yeah. He, he probably was thinking historically that the Clippers have never gone to a conference finals in 50 years. And he, and he was right. So he was thinking about the historical aspect. Trevor was thinking, no, there's no way Kawhi is going to lose. But, hey, Joe's Joe's thought, what Joe was thinking, he was right last night. I got to give it to him. Yeah, he, he was. Um, I think he may have been the only person in America with that pick. Um, 
I don't know. I know everybody was on the Clippers. I was on the Clippers. Oh, I thought there was. I thought there was no way Kawhi was losing Game Seven. Yeah, especially after get, losing Game Five, Game Six. But it, I think they tightened up too, and it's something more. You know, you kind of see more college-wise and professional. But I think the I think they tightened up. I think you know, the more pressure the Nuggets, or the closer the Nuggets kept this game, the tighter the Clippers got. And this is the third time Doc Rivers blew a three-one lead. So in a series in the playoffs, so um, the whole team just pretty much collapsed. They did not shoot the ball well at all, and um, Jokic was pretty much toying with them. And I'm I'm just I'm just stunned. I didn't think it was actually going to happen, and it did. Oh, it's it, it's crazy. I mean, this is obviously my pick to win it all, and I was just so stunned, Kawhi, because Paul George was on and off the entire time in the bubble. But how bad Kawhi Leonard was last night. And he was bad in game two, too. But how bad Kawhi Leonard last night, that was the most stunning thing. I mean, to be that good of a player and play that poorly in a deciding game, that, to me, that was what was the most stunning thing for me. Yeah, it was. To shoot two for, or I mean, six for 22. Yeah, uh, two for two for seven from uh, three-point territory. Yeah, it was stunning how bad he was last night. And, again, they just... And, you know, him and Paul George, and I guess with even the rest of the team, they kind of just forced things. They just they forced the issue. They just they they got behind and they kind of just started chucking, and and it really because again they I it Kawhi and Paul George want you know more Kawhi than Paul George, but I think they could have gotten to the basket, but they just I think they they just panicked. I think they they just got the Nuggets were close. Um, so yeah, they really needed Kawhi to. The really step up, and I, yeah, you're, you know, right about Paul George. He's been on and off the whole time. Um, we know he's been dealing with some issues. So again, I'm not, you know, again, two for eleven. He wrote four for his total. You know, he was bad, and they, they, <clears throat> they're just trying to chuck, just to have something going. They, they didn't even try something new. It was the team just collapsed. Oh yeah, and, and and you brought you brought it up too. This Clippers team really didn't gel in the bubble. I really think they just really didn't gel all year. I mean, were they real uh, talent wise? They weren't really they weren't five and a half games behind the Lakers. But I just never thought this Clippers team really gelled all season. They they were the most complete team in the NBA. I picked them to win it, but it just seemed like because so many guys missed games. You had Kawhi Leonard with load management. You had you had other guys just missing games. This team to me just never really gelled all season, and this is. Uh, uh, that is one of the reasons why they went out before the conference finals. Yeah, no, you're you're right about that. Um, yeah, um, it because yeah, this is a team pretty much all year second place behind Lakers, obviously, and, and yeah, you know, I think it's tough when you know I don't like this load management stuff. I understand why they do it. I'm not a big fan of it, and I think it does hurt because you lose it kind of chemistry wise. You you know take Kawhi off for a game or two. You know, um, even Paul George, I think, took some tie games off, right? Little man, or he was. Oh, yeah, he, he took a couple. Yeah, he was hurt for a little while. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, you know, it, it kind of hurts everything. So, yeah, I I, I think that's kind of one of the reasons why I don't think load management works. And especially, you know, I know they played 69, right? I think about 69 games before they, you know, before the uh, um, shutdown and all that. But, and then, so you'd struggled drilling before that and then you come back here and you yeah you just never really put it together and i think maybe them taking a couple games you know Kawhi may taking some little bands i understand why they well i don't like it you know i don't like how they do it i know they say because 
you know, they don't want to be a herder or whatever. I've never been a big fan of the load management stuff. Um, I kind of think this is one of these um, points where it this could come back to bite you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just not keeping the team together, load management, you know, it hurts the fans, it hurts chemistry of teams. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of it either, but we got to get to uh, some of the NBA players, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, what they were saying on Twitter last night. Twitter was going off on the Clippers losing last night. I mean, there were a lot of, you know, things, be, you know, funny memes out there with the Clippers losing. I mean, yeah, and, and you know, the, there, there was that feud between, uh, I think it was Dame Lillard and Patrick Beverly. They did, you know, the Cancun joke that Dame Lillard had on Twitter. Just this Twitter was going crazy last night with the Clippers losing. Yeah, it was. Because, um, you know, especially, you know, and you know all the Laker fans are loving it because Clipper fans finally thought this was the year that they were going to overtake um, they're in a steady flow, and uh, once again, that's not gonna happen. But yeah, because um, you know, Lillard and Beverly got into it in the bubble, um, and you know, I think Beverly was talking like, you know, they're gonna win the finals and all that, and um, you know, now now he can go join Damian Lillard back in uh, Cancun. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, he can, he can go join him there. Yeah, I, he literally hasn't got there yet, but they'll be, but they'll be, they'll probably be, they'll probably be there together soon. I mean, just <laughs> nah, that, that was funny. Yeah, all the stuff that happened on Twitter last night was really funny with the Clippers losing. But we'll get to the Western Conference Finals now with the uh, Nuggets and the Lakers, and this should, this should be an interesting series. I mean, I, I think though that you know, I think AD is going to contain Jokic because Jokic had a big series, but now the Lakers have a guy that could contain. Uh, contain Jokic, so I think he'll be containing the series. But I still think Jamal Murray has a, another crazy series. And I think I think that I think he gets I think the Nuggets get two games just because of how good Jamal Murray is. He's a top ten player in the game. But ultimately I think LeBron and AD will be too much. And I think the Lakers will win that series in six. Yeah, I get the Lakers in six. I don't know either how much the Nuggets have left in the tank. This is the first time in NBA history that a team's come back from two, three, one deficits. They've had to pull pull all their energy into those first two series and now you get a Lakers team that's pretty fresh right now they played um you know they've only had to go to game five in both their series so um they're rested so I think they can get six but I think they can push it to six but it should be a good one you know Murray's got to have a big series I think Jokic is still going to play well I, I think but it's going to be tough for him to really be that guy. Like, I don't think he's going to be able to drop a triple-double every game. Um, and they're also going to need their bench. I know Michael Porter. Um, he's been inconsistent in the playoffs. He was really good in the bubble. He's been inconsistent inconsistent in the playoffs. Yeah, he has. Uh, it, you know, like game five, he came up with that big shot. I know he didn't do anything the first 47 minutes, but hits a big three to put them on top. So they really need their bench. If their bench can provide some relief and provide some scoring, I think they could push it to seven. But if not, I could see it. I could even see it going five games if they, if they can't. Oh, yeah, I could see it going five or six. But we all know one thing. The Nuggets got a good chance to win game one because we've seen with the Lakers, the the, the, the two games they've lost in this postseason have been game one. Yeah, it has. And, um, you know, the Nuggets would love to get off to a good start, too, so they don't have to tr go down uh, trailing on 3-1 again. You know, they love to kind of get off to a good start and kind of show the world – Hey, we're gonna give the Lakers a series. We're gonna we're gonna battle got battle these guys, and we're not gonna be any we're not gonna be a pushover. Them. So definitely, I think the Nuggets are gonna be ready to go, um, and the Lakers better be too. I know they they've been rested. It's gonna be a, what a week since the last time the Lakers played. So they'll be fresh. We'll see how um, 
in sync they are now getting back to game action after a week and how maybe tired the, no, I wouldn't say tired, but, you know, has fatigue started to kick in with the Nuggets. Um, they get the extra day, which is nice, that they don't have to play tomorrow. They're, they're off to Friday, which gives them an extra day, which um, I think beneficial, obviously beneficial for the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. And, it, and it, yeah, definitely it's beneficial for the Nuggets to get to get that day of rest. And then it's also beneficial for them because the Lakers could be a little rusty. And that rust continues if they, if they, uh, if, if the Lakers have another day off. So that's why, yeah, I think it's beneficial. But in the end, I think the Lakers are just the better team. They, they got the two best players in the series. And that's why I got them winning, the, winning it in six. Yeah, I got them. I get the Lakers winning six. Um, yeah, I just think they're just too much. And especially the way Kuzma played. They're starting to come on even more on game five, dropped like 18. I think they're starting to get it going scoring wise. And I, I think it's just going to be too much for the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think so as well. But we got to go on to the Eastern Conference Finals and a, and a great game last night between the uh, Heat and the Celtics. Game one, Heat win at 117-114. Uh, I mean, Butler came up with some huge was, – was so clutch, came up with some huge clutch baskets for the Heat. Uh, Tatum was awesome, 30 points. He had a great game. But the biggest play of the game, though, was uh, Bam's block on Jason Tatum. Great block. Game-winning play that, and that, and that was the reason why the Heat have a 1-0 lead in this best-of-seven series. I think the series is going to be back and forth because both these teams are a little bit streaky. I mean, there's no top ten players. I mean, Butler is and Tatum are top fifteen players, and there's no top ten players in the series, so they're all streaky in terms of scoring. So that's why I think the series is really, really even. But I'm going to give that slight edge to Miami because uh, the, the culture. This is the best organization in the league. I'll take the better coach in Eric Spolstra. I'm gonna. I'm picking Miami in seven in this series. I got the Celtics in seven. I'm gonna stick with it. Um, you know, it, it hurt. You know that band block. I think that had to be one of the. I think that had to be the best block I've I've seen. And you know, um, ever. Uh, and I think with Jason T. Or in the way you know, and I really think the Celtics blew an opportunity with Jason Tatum scoring thirty. And for the most part, for most of that game was the best player on the floor. And you kind of blew an opportunity in game one, which will be interesting to see how they bounce back from that. Um, the Celtics, too, at the end, they just – which worries me for the rest of the series is the final few minutes of that game, it, they just stood around. They tried to kill the shot clock and just took ridiculous shots. Yeah, the, the, the problem with the Celtics is who's going to – I mean, yes, Kemba has his clutch moments, but who's going to be that guy to take over at the end of a game? They don't have that guy. Brown, Tatum, and Kemba are all really good players, and Tatum's going to be a superstar. But right now, they're not you know, outstanding players or guys that could take over in the final minutes of a game. That's the problem with the Celtics. I feel like that's the edge that he have is they got a guy like Jimmy Butler – a closer that could take over. He might not be great throughout the entire game, but he's. But at the end of the game, he's the guy you want with the ball in his hands. Oh yeah, no, no doubt. And I, I think that is one of the, um, you know, which is going to be tough for the Celtics. Is yeah, Butler. You know, we saw it with that big three last night. He's just yeah. Um, again, he's been in the, um, you know, he's been in these big moments. So yeah, I think you do get the edge to Butler there. The, uh, I thought about this too. I don't get why the Celtics – I know they have, like, Brown and – I mean, Tatum um, and Walker. But so Brown's kind of on a weaker defender. So he just sits in the corner. Why don't you try to run something for Jalen Brown? Because you're paying him $100 million a year to sit in a corner at that end of the game. Why don't you try to design something for him? 
he's got a weaker defender on him. I'm like, I love Kemba, but he really could not hit anything last night. Um, Tatum kind of uh, took some bad shots toward the end. Why don't you try to draw something for Jalen Brown? Yeah, that, that's a really good point. I mean, yeah, if you have the weaker defender, why don't you take advantage of that? And I think that's something Brad Stevens is going to do later in the series. I think that that's the adjustment that Brad Stevens is going to make. I trust him to do that. He's a really good coach. So I think they are going to get Jalen Brown more involved later in the series. Yeah, hopefully, because if they can do that, I think they have a really good shot at not uh, knocking the heat off. Um, and then kind of the last kind of point here for me with the Celtics is uh, I think another um, – edge I give the heat to would be I don't think this the Celtics do not have a guy that can guard Bam out of bio and you know just when I watching that last night they just they don't you know they don't have a guide I think he had 18 six rebounds and nine assists he shot five for 12 from the field um I, I think he's a guy that could really be a impact player for the I, he you already is an at back player but I think he can he could be a difference maker um, in this in this series because the Celtics do not have a guy that can slow him down. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's a borderline, you know, he's he could he could potentially be a superstar. I mean, he could he's great defensively, he's good offensively. He borderline, he's definitely right now uh the second outside of Jimmy Butler, the second best player on the Heat. Oh yeah, no doubt. It's it's pretty much, you know, him and Butler and then Jay Crowder right now who's um tore them up right now. He's shooting like 40% from three so far in the playoffs. Drake Crowder gave him 22 last night in this former team, and they just left them open. Um, but don't, you know, Bam, yeah, he's right there at the top two. Sorry. And they got him, like, thir- didn't they pick him like 13th, too? I think so, yeah. He's played at Kentucky, right? Yeah, he went to Kentucky. Um, so, it, you know, that great pick right toward the end of the ladder. He's turned out um, unbelievable. But, you know, the Celtics, they got to win game two. They had their opportunities. I, I, I know Kemba's last three games have been awful, but I just have a feeling he's he Kemba plays his best when the game's on the you know when they're kind of, you know when the back when his back's against the wall. I expect Kemba to have a monster game too. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. It should be interesting to see what happens between the Celtics and the Heat. But we got to get to the NFL and we got to get to week two, which starts tomorrow night. And it's a very interesting game of two number one picks in the last three years. You got Baker Mayfield, who was the number one pick in 2018. And you got uh, Joe Burrow, who was the number one pick this year. This is, a, you know, a, a, uh, an interstate rivalry between these two teams. These two teams don't like each other. Uh, this this should be a really good game. I mean, I think how this game is going to go, I think that uh, Cincinnati has have some success on the ground with Joe Mixon. I think Joe Burrow will make some plays. And I think this is a game where Cleveland's going to really be able to run the ball down Cincinnati's throat. I think the difference in this game is going to be is the quarterback play. I think that Joe Burrow is going to make less mistakes than Baker Mayfield. I think the Bengals are the more functional team right now. We've heard rumors Odell Beckham wants out of Cleveland right now so we've heard we've we've heard we've heard rumors about that so i think the Bengals are the more functional team and i think they'll get the better quarterback play tomorrow night and that's why i got the Bengals pulling the upset in cleveland 24 20 um i got the brown 21 17 i like the way the Bengals played they had their opportunities joe burrow played pretty well i he had that bad very bad shovel you know um kind of shovel pass right at the end that got picked or not but like about Five minutes left. That and then he, he drove him down the field. Yeah, but did. then the field goal carrier couldn't, couldn't kick a field goal. Yeah. No, um, bull. Yeah. Bullock, Bullock missed the field goal. Yeah. Yeah. Pulled his hamstring afterwards, but um, 
Yeah, you know, the Browns worry me. And again, it's just it's the same old story for the Cleveland Browns. It's just, you know, um, again, at, at Baker, there's some doubts now about, you know, two years ago, you kind of thought, all right, Cleveland finally found their guy. He's been struggling, coming off a short week. I think um, Cleveland be able to run the ball. Um, I, you know, if, if the Browns want any chance to for a wild card bid, you got to win this one because you got Washington at home next week, then you go to Dallas. So you could be really staring yourself at one and three. Even the way the Washington played, you know, that, that's not going to be an w- easy one. They could be staring over and forth they lose this game. I think this is a huge game. I think Cleveland's going to be able to pull it out. Um, I, I expect a much better effort because them or the Jets, you could pick either or, did not show up Sunday for the worst performance. I oh, think I- come back and bounce back. Oh, absolutely. And this is, a, this is a huge game for Baker Mayfield. I mean, if Baker Mayfield doesn't play well in this game, there's going to be quite, there's going to be talk about him being benched uh, uh, for Case Keenum. And I'm telling you, honestly, I think with this offense, he's been in the, Case Keenum has been in this offense with Kevin Stefanski. There's a very good chance if Baker, Baker gets benched and Case Keenum comes in and they, Case Keenum could take this team to the playoffs. Yes, I know there's the Odell Beckham stuff and Odell Beckham and him can't, and Baker can't get on the same page, but Part part of this is Baker is just not playing with the weapons Baker has around him. There's no excuse. I, I know Beckham's overrated. He's not a top level receiver, but he's still really good. Uh, Jarvis Landry's still really good. I mean, they've they've added pieces on the offensive line with uh, Jack Conlon and Jedrick Wills. You got the running game with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Baker has got to play well and win this game tomorrow night. But knowing Baker Mayfield and the way he's played in the last year plus, I can't see it. I don't see it happen. I just don't see it happening. That's why I got the Bengals winning at twenty four twenty. Yeah, no, I, you know, I'm very um, concerned about it. You know, I'm back and forth about it. I just, you know, I, again, I think, I think, I, I think you're going to see a very good showing for Cleveland because they have the weapons. I think he, he's going to, he's going to show up a little bit better. Again, I'm not expecting him to play, you know, again, like a top five quarterback, but I think he plays a lot better. I think I like him Stefanski. Stefanski. Yeah, I I cannot say his last name for some reason. Um, I, I I you know, I I just think that they have a little bit more offensive weapons than the Bengals. Again, you know, I I think it'll be enough to get them to the top. And I think they know. Again, you know, back to back. You know, last year people thought this was a playoff team. Now this year, people you know again think that this could be a wild card team once you know they can get back to to the playoffs. They're going to have, I think, two or 3,000 fans there, too. So um, you lose this one and you don't play well. There's probably going to be some boosts you're going to be hearing. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll go to my Giants on Sunday, and they travel out to Chicago to face the Bears. And this is this is an interesting game. This is, but I think this is a game the Giants got to win. I mean, if you, if you look if you look at the Bears, yes, they had that great comeback against the Lions. Mitch Trubisky got hot, but a lot of that uh, was because of because of the Lions and how they collapse, and we'll get to that. I mean, we'll get to Matt Patricia and how pathetic he is as a head coach. We'll get to how Matthew Stafford is totally overrated. We'll get to that. But this is going to be, a, I think, a really, really close competitive game. But but the Bears have their issues right now with Allen Robinson, as you've heard. He wants out of Chicago, so there's some dysfunction there with the Bears. And the Giants, even though they lost on Monday night, I think Joe Judge is changing the culture a little bit. I think this team is showing a lot of effort. I think the, the culture is there. The Judge is changing the culture here. And I think this is going to be an interesting game. And for the Giants, I think Daniel Jones is, even though this is a good Bears defense, I feel like Daniel Jones is going to play well. Yes, he was okay on Monday night, 
but he, he did make some a couple of mistakes, especially that one in the red zone, which absolutely cannot happen. But I think Jones plays pretty well in this game. Barkley, I still don't think has a great game because that run blocking of the Giants offensive line is absolutely terrible right now. And the front for the Bears is even though Robert Quinn might not play, it's still really, really good. So I do think Daniel Jones has a decent game. And for, and for the Giants defense, I think they, they're able to shut down. They're able to contain the running game of David Montgomery and Tack McKinley. And, and, and I mean, I mean, and attack Cohen. And I think that uh, the, the, uh, the, the, that they're going to get pressure on Mitch Trubisky. I think Mitch Trubisky is going to struggle a little bit. He's an inconsistent quarterback. And I think he's going to struggle a little bit. I think he's going to struggle a little bit against the Giants. So I think this game comes down to the end. And I think the Giants defense makes a stop. And I think the Giants pull the upset. I got the Giants winning Sunday 20 to 17 over the Bears. Confident. Uh, I got the very, I get, I, you know, I know the Giants, I, you know, I know it was a tough loss the other night, but I think, I think, you know, you guys are going in the right direction though. I think, you know, you give it another year or two and I think you guys are going to be okay. Um, As Joe just, just kind of giants have to learn to close games and it starts with better fourth quarter. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it's been for the giants the last three or four years. They just, they've been terrible in the fourth quarter. When their defense has needed to make a stop, they've, they've rarely made one. And that's a big reason why – the, the poor fourth quarters is a big reason why the Giants have won have, – have won uh, – have lost more games than any other team in the NFL the last three-plus years. That, that, that's why. That's a, that's a really good point by Joe there is they definitely have to learn to start closing games in the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah, and go ask Matt – as you mentioned a minute ago, ask, go ask Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions about that because uh, – yeah, you got to finish get out games in the NFL. It's not easy to close out games, and, um, but you know, I and that you know, I and I think the Bears have the edge here. I just I did not like the Giants' offensive line or run blocking. That was actually the first time a Giants running back had negative yards going to halftime. The last time was Tiki Barber back in 02 versus and, Titans. And and, and let, me, let me just let me just say something for a minute. And and all these people are saying that Saquon Barkley's you know not that good in a bust. You have no clue what you're talking about. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the Steelers had had guys in the backfield right before he even touched the ball. So stop talking about that stuff. Even Tiki Barber was saying that Saquon Barkley is not an every down back. That is total nonsense. Come on, yeah, just because he's not great in in uh, in, in picking up blitzes, this guy's. That's the most idiotic thing you could say. He's completely a you know every down back. Come on, he's he's one of those. He's probably outside of Christian McCaffrey, the best route running running back in the league. So how is he not a third down back? He can run routes. He could catch balls out of the backfield and run routes. That's complete nonsense about Saquon Barkley. Come on now. Oh, I know. Like there is nothing he could do that night. So he'd get the handoff, and there'd be five seals waiting for him. Like you could put any running back in the history of that fullback there. They were not breaking any of those tackles. But you can see when Barkley gets out in space, he is dangerous and he is tough to bring. You back. saw it on that screen yeah. during the game too when he when he when he hurled over Devin Bush. Yeah, if you yeah, it's all you have to get him out in space, and you know, again, I think when this line gets together, there there's a there's a couple new pieces. They're gonna be fine. You know, I think I think Barkley's be able to run the ball well, and it's gonna make the Giants a, and it's gonna help out Daniel Jones to play action. So I think they just need to get to that point, and I think more and more reps. Again, losing four preseason games probably hurts that offensive line. So you kind of get in rhythm here for the next month, and maybe I think things get better. Um, but I still think they're going to struggle though in the run game for this one, and I think the Bears are going to be able to pull it out and go to two now. We got a rematch of Super Bowl Forty Nine to Super Bowl. Everybody remembers between the Patriots and the Seahawks on Sunday Night Football, and this is going to be. You know, I think this is going to be an exciting game. I think, but I think definitely the Seahawks will score a lot of points. Yes, the Patriots' defense 
was good last uh, last Sunday, but come on, they played Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think this will be the Sunday where the opt-outs are going to hurt the Patriots. I think Russell Wilson has a big game. I think the Patriots front seven, it, that's that's one of the weaknesses of their team. They didn't get a ton of pressure on Fitzpatrick last last Sunday. I think that uh, Seattle will have success running the ball. I think that, uh, that uh, Russell Wilson has a big game through the air. But I do think Cam Newton has a good game, and I really, really like what this Patriots coaching staff is doing with Cam Newton. They're designing this offense around them. And this, this is why the Patriots have the best coaching staff in the league is because they, they don't just stick to one thing they, that they want to do. They design their, their, their scheme and what they do around what their players do best. That's why, they're an, that's why they've been the best coaching staff in the league for two decades because they see what you do well, and, and, and they, they, they're not stubborn. They see what you do well, and they, and they utilize you to your strengths. Instead of just trying to figure out their scheme, they utilize you to your strengths, and you saw that with Cam Newton last week, 15 design runs, read options, zone read. They, they utilize the offense, Cam Newton's strength. He played really well last week. The only concern, though, was I thought they left some points on the field, the Patriots. Mm. I mean, with 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 the, the fumble near the goal line, uh, you know, Cam Cam I took took a bad sack. Uh, uh, they had, I think they had a missed field goal, too. So they left some points on the field, which they can't do against Seattle. But I think they're going to score some points in this game, and I think Cam's going to play well. I think they'll have some success running the ball as well, too. But in a high-scoring game, I got the Seahawks beating the Patriots 31-24. Yeah, I get this. I get stuck going in 24 21. Um, again, Ryan, again, you're going up against a much different quarterback here. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think, forgot what team was playing for because all three of his interceptions went right to Patriots. Um, yeah, um, I, you know, and again, I, you know, again, the offense played well. The only, I like the, I like what they did offensively. The only thing is they cannot have Cam Newton run the ball 15 times a game. No, I completely agree there because he's not going to last the season doing that, but you want some design runs for him yeah. every game. Oh yeah, you do because he's six foot five, six foot six, two fifty or whatever. Yeah. He can, he can run you over. Um, so I, I kind of liked that They did, they kind of did that too, which Jacoby said a couple years ago um, when Brady was suspended. It kind of reminded me kind of how some, what, what they kind of ran um, for, for, for Jacoby Brissett back then. Um, I also liked Adrian Phillips. I, I heard you know, mostly they're going to use him on special teams, but I like they threw him in the box a couple of times and it really messed up Fitzpatrick. He picked off one. Um, he was able to drop back and he kind of knew the coverages and all that. Um, it, he kind of confused um, Fitzpatrick a couple of times. So I like the way he played. Um, Nikhil Harry, a lot of Patriot fans are on him, uh, want him caught. They and not caught, but he needs to step it up. He he does, and you know this is you know he missed he missed the first ten or eleven games last year. He didn't have a preseason this year. He's really struggling. He had the fumble. That fumble he should have. I forgot who was who tackled him. Whoever that was, he should have ran him over. He had a touchdown. He lowered the shoulder pad, run him over for a touchdown. Um, he dropped the pass too. He's not a great route runner. They really, really need him to get going again. I'm not quitting on him yet, but I'm getting pretty close to it. Um, you know, he's a first round pick. They need to get him going. That's the concern for me is do I just don't know if they have enough offensive weapons. Um, again, Edelman was great, but um, they ran the ball pretty. You know, they ran the ball well. Their backs did. I like JJ Taylor, um, the undrafted running back at Arizona. Um, I just, I, uh, I think this this Seattle team is really good. You got Russell Wilson, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. 
Um, and I just think going up to Seattle on a Sunday night, I think Seattle's going to get them in a close one. Yeah, that should be a really good one on Sunday night. It always is when those two teams uh, go up against each other. But we got an NFC matchup in Dallas this week as the Falcons travel down, travel to Dallas to face the Cowboys. And I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. There's going to be a lot of points. Zeke will have a big day. Dak will have a big day. Cooper will have a big day. Matt Ryan will have a big day. Todd Gurley will have a pretty good game. And then I think Julio Jones and uh, Calvin really have big days too. I got this as a high-scoring game back and forth. But I'll take the team with the better roster and the team that's at home. And I'll pick the Cowboys to win 34-27 over the Falcons. Yeah, I got a pretty close score to you. You got 35-27 Dallas. I think Dallas is up by two scores. And then Atlanta gets a um, late touchdown, you know, makes a one-score game. Same old Dallas um, on that fourth down. I understand why he kind of went for it, but you don't have Aaron Rodgers anymore. Oh. Take the points and, 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 and here's the thing. You know, their fans want to talk about that offensive P.I. call. That call, that, that terrible, terrible call, that terrible call decision by McCarthy cost you that football game, not the stupid offensive P.I. call. So stop talking about that. Yeah. It's the, it, was, it was the, again, you know, you fire Jason Garrett, you get rid of him, say, oh, it's all his fault, all his fault. Then you bring Mike McCarthy in. Funny, they fire Garrett. Say it's all his fault. McCarthy comes in and makes a bad coaching decision. Have we seen this in Dallas before? Have we seen this in Dallas for years? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they always want to put blame on somebody other than their own team, it seems like. Um, yeah, we, you know, we've seen it. You know, we've seen it before. Um, I, I think they'll be able to bounce back. It was, you know, again, we saw a lot of bad offensive and defensive pass interference calls. It's week one, you know. Again, let's just – it is what it is, you know. Oh, exactly, exactly. You know, you, you just ha- you just have to uh, uh, get, get over. It. I mean, it happens. We saw you saw it in the Cincinnati game. We've seen it. We saw it a couple times in the Giant game. It just happened. You still there, Justin? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay. Yeah, just I was saying, it, it just it happens pretty much pretty much all around the league. So, st- Cowboy fans just need to stop talking about it. Oh, yeah, it, you know, it, yeah. Again, you take the points there. You tie it up, and who knows what happens in OT? Oh, I, I, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So we got a. Uh, a uh, AFC matchup in Pittsburgh. No, we got an AFC matchup in Pittsburgh as the uh, uh, Joe. Oh, don't go to this one. We have an. an, an oh, 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 we'll go to stay with the AFC matchup in Pittsburgh. We got an AFC matchup in Pittsburgh as the Broncos travel to Pittsburgh to face the uh, Steelers. And I think it's going to be a really rough day for the Broncos. You know, uh, you know, short week playing Monday night on a short week, having to go play the Steelers. That's going to, and the Steelers play, they did play on Monday, Monday night as well, but they'll be at home. I think they get pressure on Drew Locke. I think they forced Drew Locke to make some mistakes. Uh, and, and I think the Steelers defense capitalizes on that. And I think on offense, Big Ben is efficient again, does a good job, you know, managing the game. And I got the Steelers winning this one. I got them winning it 27 to 13 to go to 2 and 0 and the Broncos to go to 0 and 2. Yeah, I got Pitt winning this one 23 17. Um, yeah, after those first couple drives for Big Ben, he kind of he settled in, took got the rust off of him, and looked really, you know, look looked good after that. Um, I, I think, yeah, their defense could be able to make some plays. I think Broncos are struggle to run the football. Um, it's going to be a very good test for Drew Locke to see where he where he's at. I know he, you know, again they had to face a tough defense in Tennessee last week. Now you go to Pitt. Um, Big Bangio too. The way they lost that game, the time. Oh, hor- horrible, horrible time managed clock managed by Vic Fangio. How do you you can't cannot lose a game like that? Not, I mean, I don't know if they would have won the game, but you didn't really give your team a shot to win that game. That was the thing. Yeah, you didn't. You know, um, and then he he defended himself on Monday. And then yesterday he came out and was like, "Yeah, I, I should have used the timeouts." It's like you know, again, you can't take them to the bank with you. Um, but yeah, you know. 
tough loss for them. And I know AJ Bouye is questionable too at the moment. So that could be a tough loss in the secondary form. So I, th- I think Pitt will be able to, you know, first home game, they should be able to take care of business. We got an NFC South matchup in Tampa as Tom Brady and the Bucks are looking to bounce back against the Panthers. I mean, I was a little surprised when Bruce Arians called. And I know Bruce Arians is a straight shooter, but I'm a little bit surprised when he called him out publicly this week. But I think the Bucks got the perfect team, perfect defense against the play against the perfect team to bounce back against. And that's the Panthers. I think they'll be able to get the run game going. I think Tom Brady will have a really good day. And on defense, I think they're because last year they did a, did a really, really good job of you know, shutting Christian McCaffrey down in the running game. I think they do that. Yes, McCaffrey will make his plays in the passing game, but I think they shut him down in the running game. And I think it's, this is a complete win for the Bucs in all three phases. They play well. And I get the Bucs beating the Panthers 30-17. to 17. I get the Bucs 35-24. I think this, you know, I like the fight in that Carolina team. They're not going to get pushed over. Um, I actually, I wasn't surprised that Arians called them out because I think he kind of sent a, a statement to the team saying, hey, I'm going to call, you know, if I call Tom Brady, I'm, you know, I can call, you know. Yeah, call. but still, it's Tom Brady. It he's is. won six Super Bowls. Bruce Arians has won nothing. As well, he's, you know, he's been good as a head coach. He's never won a Super Bowl as a head coach. Now, I think he's a good head coach, but he's not Bill Belichick who could treat Tom Brady that way. I feel like if Arians does that, there could be some real friction between Brady and Arians during the season if he continues to do that. I think he's got to treat Tom Brady a little bit differently because that's why Tom Brady left New England is he wanted to be tra- – I know – he took Belichick's coaching for so long. I think Brady wants to get treated a little bit differently. I think that's why that surprised me a little bit that Arians would call him out like that. Actually, yeah, that point, yeah, because I, you know, that, yeah, I think that was kind of definitely one of the reasons he left New England. That now, um, you know, practice, you know, one day day off or two practice wise, but um, you know, I, I, you know, and also they had Mike Evans was hurt too. I know he only had one catch, which again, you know, you get him healthy, you're gonna have five, six catches, especially this Carolina secondary that's really struggling. You, you know, it's got a lot of younger pieces to it. So I, I think the Bucks are gonna be able to score some points. I think Brady's having a nice bounce back day. Um, they should be able to win this one 35-24. But I think Carolina keeps it close I tight for a while, but I just think Tampa's got too much. We got an interconference game at MetLife Stadium this week as the 49ers travel all the way across the country to face the Jets. And I know the Niners are traveling cross country. I know they're probably they're not going to have Richard Sherman. They might not have George Kittle. But let's be honest, look who they're playing. They're playing the Jets who that 27-17 score was totally in, unindicative of how how that game was played. The Bills should have won that game 41 to 10. I mean, they fumbled twice in the red zone. They missed two field goals. Allen missed Josh Allen missed wide open receivers. So I I, I I think I think in this game I think the 49ers are gonna you know get get some yards on the ground even though the Jets will contain their ground game I think the Niners will get some yards on the ground Jimmy G will make will make plays and I, I honestly think Sam Darnold is gonna have a really really rough time with this with this Niners defense I think they're gonna be all over them pretty much all game long the Jets are not gonna be able to get the run game going because uh because because Bell is out. I think this is going to be a long, long day for the Jets offense. Defense might keep them in the game for a half, for about a half, but I think this is a long day for the Jets offense. And I got the Niners beating the bouncing back from last week and beating the Jets 23 to 10. Yeah. Um, you know, it was going to be tough enough to beat this Niners team, but coming off a loss that they did at home in Arizona, now, now you're going to get an angry 49er team in there. And again, I really have lost all 
faith in uh, Sam Darnold. He just he still makes rookies mistakes out there. And that was my problem on Sunday. He had another horrendous interception in that game. He's got to just stop. The problem is he's just got to stop throwing those horrendous interceptions. And I get the fact he doesn't have weapons. I get the fact Adam Gase is is not a good coach. I, I get all those things. But Andrew Luck was in the same situation in his third year. And guess where and, and guess where, where the team was the two years previous to that? They got to the playoffs. And what happened in his third year? He got to the AFC Championship game. So you can't even try to explain to anybody that this guy is a superstar. Yes, I think this guy has a chance to be a franchise quarterback. But right now, he needs to step it up. Yeah, right, yeah, right now he's um, a lot of hot water. Um, I heard this is Michael Keisha. Jets get the first overall pick and Trevor Lawrence comes to town. To be honest, I think that if, that's a long way away. But if that does happen... I mean, I I would I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt to just do that. Just get just get rid of Darnold. And I mean, I'm not saying to get rid of them if they're if, if but if they're that bad, that means the quarterback play is just so bad where you can't pass on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, you 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 know you couldn't you had you had you would have to give Trevor a shot because imagine they pass up on Trevor, that that Jet fan base would be mad. You know, very oh mad. yeah, very upset. But um, I just think that Jet. I, Again, the Jets are not a very good team right now. I know they're banged up. I don't know why they put Le'Veon Bell back in that game. Um, another, um, again, questionable decision by Gase. I think the Niners come in here and do whatever they want to the Jets. Yeah, the Niners should win this game. And Niners should Niners, even though they're traveling across the country, they should bounce back and bounce back and win this game. But we got an AFC East matchup in Miami as the Bills travel down to Miami to face the Dolphins. And in this game, I, I think this game might be competitive for a half, a half because you know, they the Dolphins defense, just like they were last week against the Patriots. I think they'll keep the game close. But I just think that the Bills will have success with have some success with the run game with Devin Singletary and uh and Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, and even though Josh Allen is good for a turnover game, he he will he will he could get he will get some yards on the ground and he'll throw maybe a touchdown pass or two. And on and on, and on defense, I think the Bills shut down this Dolphins offense. I think they get pressure on Fitzpatrick. I think Fitzpatrick throws a couple more interceptions. I think that the Bills shut down the Dolphins running game, and I think this will be Ryan Fitzpatrick's last Ryan Fitzpatrick's last start as a Miami Dolphin. And I got the Bills winning this game, twenty three to thirteen, and the Dolphins will turn things over to Tua after this game. Wow. So you think Tua's going to start week three? Week three, yes. That's my prediction now, week three. Week. They got Jacksonville, too. I know, but hey, you gotta, they got to get some wins. They, they do. And if Fitzpatrick plays as bad as he did Sunday, I could very possibly see that happening. Um, they are awful. Again, their defense, again, I know their defense kind of strolled, but they didn't really know what to expect from the Patriots-wise. Um, offensively, they – you know, Fitzpatrick you know, killed them. Um, they were not able to get a running game going. And I think, I think you get the, I think the Bills here are going to give you what, you know, I think they could, again, I think Josh, I could see the, you know, Dolphins scoring 14 points, seven, you know, maybe even up to 17 if Josh Allen makes some mistakes, but if they can cut those down. Um, I, I think this is a total blowout. And I, you know, and I, they didn't really get the run game going last week with St. Terry Moss, but I think they're going to get going this week against the Dolphins. Yeah, I think they get it going. I think I think they go to 2-0 and win this game. But we got an interesting NFC game in Philadelphia as the Eagles try to avenge their week one loss as the Rams come to Philadelphia 1-0. And this should, this should be a really interesting game. The Eagles are hoping to get Miles Sanders and Lane Johnson back, and they desperately needed them because they couldn't run the ball on Sunday and they couldn't protect the quarterback. And that was by far the biggest reason they lost. And a big reason why Carson Wentz didn't play well. Well, 
He had two awful turnovers in, in the game. But I think in this game, Carson Wentz plays better. Uh, Miles Sanders is good against the Rams' run defense. I think that the Eagles' offensive line, even though they're got to go up against Aaron Donald, they play better. I think the Rams move the ball as well. But I think when the Eagles move the ball, they'll get touchdowns. The Rams will get field goals. And that will end up being the difference in a really, really close competitive game where I have the Eagles beating the Rams 21-20. I have the Rams 24-21, even though these oh, – I always worry about a West Coast team going to East Coast for a 1 o'clock kick. But, I, again, I just – I know Eagles may get a couple of pieces back, but I just, I think Aaron Donald just has a – I think he dominates. Um, or I – well, I, I think the rest of that line could. I know they're probably going to have to double Donald, and I think that just gives their edge guys more opportunities um, get in there and – make plays because again I just the collapse like they did up 17 nothing to Washington it, that was bad and I know they're all banged up and everything once didn't play well um it just was not impressive to me and I, I liked I, I thought golf was okay but he did what he had to do um and I and then with that Aaron Donald what he did to Ezekiel Elliott too in the backfield um was impressive. That guy's on a mission this year to, yeah. be def- to easily be a defensive player of the year. Oh, oh, yeah, God, yeah. Um, I think you know, the way you played week one, I think he's had a very good shot at it. And again, I think he could have another big game right here. Um, and I get the Rams winning on the road. Got an AFC South matchup in Tennessee as the one and zero Jaguars face the one and zero Titans. And I think this is a game where uh, Derek Henry has a huge game. Derrick Henry owns the Jaguars. I think he has a huge game on the ground. I think the Jag- I think the t- Titans move the ball really, really well against the Jaguars, get into the 30s, score over 30 points. And for Jacksonville, I think Gardner Minshew plays plays pretty well. I think he he moves he moves the ball. I think he you know gets the ball to DJ Shark. But I think the problem here is I don't think the Jags will be able to get really any kind of a running game against Tennessee's defense. And I think Tennessee wins this, and I got him winning it by two scores. I got Tennessee going to 2-0, winning 31-17 over the Jags. I got Jags looking this close, and uh, I, I um I think the Jacksonville Jaguars could be this last year's Miami Dolphins. I think they could steal four, three to you know four or five wins. I think they could. I mean, you're just say, you're just saying that because they won in Week One. The real real reason they won in Week One is because Philip Rivers is absolutely pathetic. Okay. No, he was. I liked I liked the again. I, you know, I know their offense didn't do a ton. I like the deep again. I still like the defense for uh, how many new pieces they have. And for I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this: CJ Henderson played a pretty good game on Sunday. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah, he he looked good. You know, and I know that you know, um, he he did. And I again, I think in the way the Titans play, they just like to win kind of ugly, low-scoring games. And I think Tennessee's gonna uh, again, you know, put up some points. I think Jacksonville's gonna be able to keep it close. Oh, uh, Menchu had what nineteen for twenty. Like I don't, that's that's really good. And I know that they didn't take any deep shots or anything, but he still was good and was still good um, efficiency wise. I think the Jags are able to keep it close at home or on the road. Sorry. Yeah, it should, it should be it should be an interesting game, but I got Tennessee winning it by two scores. We got an NFC North matchup in Green Bay as the Packers face the Lions. Uh, I think in this game, the Lions do keep it close early because of their running game with it. Because Adrian Peterson had a good week last week. Him, you know, carry on Johnson, DeAndre Swift. I think they keep it close because of their running game. But in the second half, as we all know in the Matt Patricia era, 
the Lions will collapse. Aaron Rodgers, I think, has another big week against against a Lion defense that 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 was terrible at the end of the game against the Bears. I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers has a has a huge game. Devontae Adams has a good game. So does so does Aaron Jones. I think Stafford has a Matthew Stafford game where he makes some plays and he makes some mistakes. And uh, I think the, I think the run game is pretty good for Detroit. But at the end of the day, I think Green Bay's pass rush getting pressure on Stafford and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, is the reason why they'll win the Packers will win. Another reason why is is Matt Patricia is a horrendous, horrendous NFL head coach. Horrendous. He's the worst coach in the league. And I'll tell you what happened last week. Why? Uh, up up uh 10 points with four minutes to go. Ball in the 38-yard line against Mitch Trubisky. The guy kicks a 55-yard field goal and the guy misses it. Bears score another score a touchdown, and then they score another touchdown. Matt Patricia should have been fired after that game. Uh, on Sunday. He is a horrendous head coach. Should have been fired last year. He's a horrendous coach, the worst coach in the league. But for the game on Sunday, I got the Packers winning 31-20, but just had to get that Matt Patricia rant in. He should not be head coach in the NFL. No, he is not done well in his tenure. That was actually the 11th game in three years that he has blown a fourth quarter lead. Yeah, that's what that yeah, that's what uh, Mike Valenti was saying on 97 won the ticket uh, on, on Monday. 11 fourth quarter leads. Out of his 30, out of the 33 games he's coached, 11 four, blown fourth quarter leads. That's crazy. Yeah, that, that's bad. Um, that's bad. Their secondary banged up. They just put Justin Coleman in the IR. Um, Akuda's questionable. So, I, I again, Aaron Rodgers on a mission too this year. So, I, I think Aaron Rodgers comes out and just. I think he balls out in this game. I think they put up a huge number on this Detroit team again. Um, I think they went 38 to 17. And I don't like how people either are blaming DeAndre Swift. They should have never been in that spot anyways. I completely agree with you there. That game should have been won much earlier than it was. Much earlier. Yeah. So I I don't blame Swift and I don't like how and hopefully he can bounce back because, again, besides that, I think he had a pretty solid game. Yeah, he had a touchdown run in the game. Yeah, so he had a solid game for his first, you know, career game. So, again, hopefully that doesn't hurt, you know, bring him down too much because I, I think he'd be really good. Um, but I think Packers should win big. We have a interconference game in India, Indianapolis as the Vikings travel to Indy to face the Colts. And I think in this game, this will be a close competitive game. I think Indy will contain Dalvin Cook. I think that uh, Kirk Cousins will make some plays, but I think he'll struggle a little bit against Indy's defense. Uh, I, I, and I, and I do think that, but I do think that, uh, Minnesota's defense, uh, has their way with Phillip rivers who right now might be one of the, one of the worst starting quarterbacks in football. He was absolutely terrible against the Jaguars. And I think he's going to struggle again. And that's why I got the Vikings winning. I think this again, comes down to the last drive where Phillip has to make a play either doesn't, doesn't get, doesn't get them down the field to score. It throws a, uh, a game seal, a, 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 a interception. And I got the Vikings beating the, Colts 23 to 17. Yeah, I got the Vikings bouncing back 27 to 20. Um, Rivers actually since 2010 against the Jaguars, 20 interceptions, the 20, I mean, 20 touchdowns, one interception. Um, you mean against the Vikings? I mean, um, I would, against the Jaguars, I would just say, okay, gotcha. How, of how good he's been against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And last week he was not very good. Uh, you know, besides those mistakes, he made some rookie mistakes. He was lacking eyes with his receivers, you know, which again, you see rookies make. Yeah. I mean, Eli didn't even play that bad in his worst days. No, no, that, that, that was bad. Um, then again, I, they can get, you know, hopefully Jacob Eason ready, you know, sooner rather than later. And he can come in and play better than Phillip Rivers. 
then this is a playoff team. But until then, I, you're playing a good Viking team that I think is going to bounce back. Um, again, their secondary is not great. We saw Aaron Rodgers tear it up, but I think they bounce back and they play better. Um, I think Cousins plays pretty well in this game too. After what Gardner Minshew um, did last week. We have an AFC West matchup down in Los out in Los out in Los Angeles as Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs go to uh, SoFi Stadium to face the uh, to face the Chargers. And yes, I get the Chargers defense is a top ten defense; they're really good. But also, they don't have Derwin James, and they're facing the Kansas City Chiefs offense, and that's why it's not going to make a difference for the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to get in the thirties. Mahomes is going to have a big game. Uh, Hill's going to have a good game. Kelsey's going to have a good game. Edwards Hilaire's going to have a good game, and they're going to get pressure on Tyrod Taylor, who didn't play that well last week yeah they won the game but they were lucky to win the game because of a missed field goal I mean he was outplayed by Joe Burrow in that game last week Tyrod Taylor didn't play that well I think he's going to struggle this week with with the pass rush they might get some yards on the ground with with Austin Eckler with Austin Eckler but I think that Tyrod Taylor struggles and I got the Chiefs winning this game by a couple scores I got the Chiefs winning 31-13 over the Chargers yeah I got Casey winning this one 31-20 um I think you know LA scores like a garbage touchdown leaders you know whatever um, I love the way the Chiefs played. It was so it was something I was not expecting to just come out, control, you know, um time possession, not taking any shots. That's um, the addition of Edwards Hilaire. That's the big addition of Edwards Hilaire. He pretty much replaces what Kareem Hunt was to them two years ago. Yeah, actually that's that's uh, I, I, yeah, he does. Uh, 130 rushing yards. Yeah, you know, Damian Williams he put really well in the Super Bowl, but again, you know. Um, he's a below average running back. Yeah, That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And now you had a guy like Clyde Edwards, a who just fits that offense so well. Um, it, it's just scary. And I think this seems going to, it's, they're just going to be a tough out game in game out. They got some pressure on Watson too. I know Texans offensive line is not very good. Um, but I, they should be able to win this game. Um, pretty handedly, uh, chargers. Yeah. We're not great. They held on for the win. But yeah, I just yeah, their defense is good, but they're just again, I nobody's stopping Casey right now. Absolutely not. We got a matchup of two top five quarterbacks down in Houston as the Ravens face the uh, the Texans. I think this is going to be a this is going to be a competitive game. I just can't see Lamar getting blown out two weeks in a row. I think this is going to be a competitive game. I think that uh, Lamar Jackson has yards on the ground. I think the Ravens will be able to run the ball. But I also, even though the Ravens' defense is good, I think Deshaun Watson is going to compete because this guy is a great competitor and is going to play a good game. He's going to have the Texans there in the end. But unfortunately, I got to take the better roster in this game, and I got to take the Ravens to win it 28-20 over the Texans. Yeah, I got Baltimore winning 34-21. Remember last year's um, – I remember the 41-7 uh, game, yeah. Yeah, that, that was – that was ugly. Um, they Ravens had 256 rushing yards against them. I think again they're going to be able to just control the ground game once again. Um, and Houston missed Hopkins out there. They had a couple of drop passes. Um, I just, you know, again I think Baltimore just has way too much right now. Again, they played really well. Um, I know Cleveland was bringing in a new system and all that, but I they were complete effort. Lamar Jackson. Um, anything he wanted to on the ground or in the air. And I think he's going to be able to have a lot of success. And it's such a tough um, first three games for Houston. You know, you had Casey, you know, because next week they go to Pittsburgh, which right now could be the third best team in the AFC right now. Funny, you get the three best teams in the AFC the year you trade DeAndre Hopkins. 
Yeah. <laughs> See that you start off. Yeah, but the, the, even with that though, if they start slow, O'Brien will lose the locker room because of that trade. Oh yeah. Oh no doubt. And, and again, I we can, I'll just say this too quickly. Why don't they just? I don't know why why they didn't just do what the Cardinals did and just give them another two years. Just add it on. I don't understand why they didn't go. Um, just do that and just keep them. But again, I don't. I'm not part of that organization. I I, I don't know. But it was such a bad move. And yeah, it it's gonna come back to Hano big time. Lose a guy. Absolutely, absolutely. And talking about DeAndre Hopkins' new team, his Cardinals are one and zero, and they welcome the Redskins in this week. And I think for this game, yes, I know the Redskins got a great defensive line, but you but also in the first half of that game against the Eagles, you saw the biggest weakness of the Redskins in that front seven. Even for how great that defensive line is, that's how bad that 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 a back seven is. That back seven is absolutely terrible, and I think that's going to be exposed on Sunday. I think Kenyon Drake has a good game on the ground, and I think DeAndre Hopkins has another huge huge day uh, through the air. I think Kim and Kyler Murray have a big day uh, uh, for uh, I know for for the, for the Cardinals. Even though Kyler Murray will be under pressure, he'll still be able to you know make up for it and make up for it. And I think DeAndre Hopkins has a big day. And for the Redskins. I think uh, I think they get pressure on Kyler Murray, but I don't think it's going to matter that much. And and I think offensively, they just don't. I I, I like Joanne Haskins. I like the way he managed the game last week, but I just don't think the Redskins have enough firepower to keep up with Kyler Murray. And I get the Cardinals beating the Redskins twenty seven seventeen. I get the Cards twenty eight twenty four. Now Murray and Hopkins just they looked like they were on the same page. That was terrific. Um, again, they had such a big one for them. They go to San Francisco. It's such a big statement when they kind of show the league, you know, put air, you know, that Arizona is going to be for real and they're going to be a threat in this division. Um, Washington, I get, you know, they showed the resilience that they had that second half. Um, and I guess Dwayne Haskins too was the one that actually kind of um, pulled the team together at halftime and he had the halftime speech, I guess. So it yeah. like he's taking control of that locker room. I, I like that. And I, and you know, another thing I liked about him during the game, when the Redskins started to, to build momentum, he was, you know, fist bumping the, the uh, defensive lineman, you know, you know, to tell him good job, good job, fist bumping him. And I really like that. I like it. He's really maturing. He's really starting to really become a leader with this new coaching staff. I really, really like that. Yeah, de- definitely. I think, you know, um, this, yeah, the staff's a great job with him. I think Ron's, you know, been a great, um, you know, influencer for him to really turn into a leader. It's really helped them. And I, again, I think they, with that defensive line, I think they're going to be able to put pressure on Murray. And I think maybe, you know, they make Murray make a mistake or two, which again, they, the Washington keeps it close. Um, but I don't, you know, again, I Washington is another team that it's going in the right direction. They just need to add some more pieces, especially on the offensive side of the ball in the secondary. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think they win this game, but Ron Rivera definitely has his team going in the right direction. We'll wrap up the our, uh, wrap up our picks with the Monday night game. And we got the Saints going to Las Vegas to face the Raiders. And I think in this game, the Saints are going to be without Michael Thomas. So they might struggle a little bit offensively. Raiders don't do a terrible job stopping the run, but I think the Saints will get their yards on the ground, but not a ton of yards on the ground. I think Drew Brees, you know, just like last week, I think he'll he'll struggle a little bit, even though the Raiders' defense isn't that good. Without Michael Thomas, I think, and you know, Michael Thomas is one of the best receivers in football. I think he's going to struggle a little bit. And for the Saints, I think this is the biggest reason they win the game. I think it's because of their defense. I think their defense contains Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs had a big week last week against the Panthers. The Saints, very good against the run, held the Bucks to under 60 yards rushing. I think the Saints contain Josh Jacobs. I think, you know, Derek, Dave, uh, Dave, 
Derek Carr uh, moves the Raiders. I mean, he has a good day passing the ball. They, they move the ball through the air. But I think they kick field goals instead of getting touchdowns. And I got the Saints winning this game 24-10. Uh, to I know the score is wrong. I, I messed that up. This 24-19 to 19 over the Raiders on Sunday. Yeah, um, actually this morning, you know, when I found out Michael Thomas was definitely out Monday, I'm kind of – I kind of – Want to bring down the score here because I oh you can bring it down. Go ahead, bring you bring it down. Yeah, they're going to be able to score thirty one now. I think it's going to be like twenty seven or I'm going to go to like twenty twenty four twenty. Saints. I think you know Raiders kind of keep it close, have the chances at the end there. Um, But again, one problem um, with John Gruden, he just never makes adjustments in second half, especially when they're winning ball games. It's run first and second down, and then pass third down. It's over it's same old, same old for the Raiders. And I think um, Saints are going to be able to um, hold out on the road. It should be a good one. Um, I hear the stadium is supposed to look beautiful, so can't wait to uh, see it on TV. But, again, big loss for Thomas. They're going to need uh, Manuel Sanders now to really step up, be the number one guy. But I think the Saints go on the road and get the one. Yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, we'll see what, how we do in our picks this week. Last week, I think jo- Justin beat me. He was ten and six. I was nine and seven. I'm not sure what Joe was. He can comment in the comment section and see how he was. So yeah, I was Justin was ten and six. I was nine and seven. So we'll see what ends up happening in week two. It should be interesting. But we got to get to college football and pretty much breaking news of the day: the Big Ten is coming back. Who would have thought it? On August 11th, they postponed all fall all fall sports. Now Big Ten football is coming back. I. Personally, I'm not. This isn't. This isn't. Uh, you know, a political push to get Trump be the president. But I feel like Trump definitely influenced Kevin Warren to, to bring Big Ten football back. I'm really happy Big Ten football is back. Uh, the, the season will start October 24th with eight conference games, and then the last week of the season, uh, December 19th, uh, the the top two teams in each division will play each other in the, in the Big Ten championship game. Then something that has never happened though is each of each of the other teams, like the second place team in the, in the uh, in the in the uh, East, will play the second best team in, in the West, and then and it will go down from there. Each, each team in each place will play each other. So it's great to have Big Ten football back. As a Penn State fan, I'm really happy to have Big Ten football back. Even though Michael Parsons said out is out, I'm happy they got the tight end back too. So I'm happy to have have it back. And ju- you know Justin Fields is happy. And the way it's set up, Ohio State is definitely in great position to to be a content to to, be, to get to the college football playoffs. They definitely are. Um, it's great to have it back. You know, again, I know why they jumped the gun back in August. I understand that part. Um, but again, you know, after kind of seeing last week, I know college football's had their cancellations on that, but for the most part, it's panned out and they've been able to play so far. So um kind of sat on the sideline and watch. The interesting, you know, um what I heard too is Kevin Warner's son plays at Mississippi State. So I think there was some – It was a, it was hypocritical of him to cancel, to postpone yeah. a season and then have, let his son play. Yeah. Yeah, it would have. It would have really, really looked bad on his part. Um, again, so I think some of that pressure was there. I heard there's a unanimous, unanimous vote between the presidents. Um, again, it, it's great to have this conference back, and it's nice too. The only issue is here um, – again, I know they've started in about a month. The thing is – they better not have one cancellation here because the college football selection committee votes uh, or they select the four teams on December 20th. So you cannot wait another, you, you can't wait another, you know, you can't have a postponement here. You got to be done by December 19th. And it sounds like the other power five commissioners, as long as they play seven, eight games, they're fine with them being the playoff conversation. So I th- 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing though is is that if say they lose a week, they, they probably won't have a championship game. They'll probably just play the eight games. They probably would take that you know conference championship game away if they lose a week. Yeah, I, I would think that's what they would do, and then it kind of becomes a question: Does the as we've seen in years past, do they you know they don't have that conference championship game? Does the committee think of it differently um, that they don't have a conference champion? Again, we'll see. There's so many different circumstances that's going to go into the um, committee this year. So who knows? But, yeah, you know, um, as long as they, you know, get the seven, eight games in, it's going to be great to see. Um, Justin Fields, again, could be a top five pick. Again, um, going at it with Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, I would love to see that rematch again, Ohio State-Clemson, because that, you know, that was such a great game last year. Um be fun to be able to see that one again, but – uh, good to have the Big Ten football back, especially the last thing, too, not just, you know, for the schools and the players and all that, but for the places around it. I know there's going to be no fans, but just for the restaurants and the bars um, that are open, you know, that can get, you know, that have businesses, um, even the hotels that have to keep the players in it, it just it's good for kind of a, the community around it um, to kind of get some business for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, because even though they won't go to the game, they'll still, you know, hang out, go to bars and watch. I mean, I don't know if the bars are open and it's different in every state, but they'll still go out and watch the games. That, that That's what I think it's, it would help the communities around them. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's definitely something hopefully they put in consideration because I know um, that was kind of the tough thing, you know, again, when you cancel them, you kind of – it's a big blow for all those um, places around it, you know, the restaurants and hotels and all that. Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll get to the games though this week, and we'll start with uh, with uh, Houston and Baylor. This is actually a game that just got put together because uh, because of the circumstances, uh, because Houston, because Memphis's team came down with COVID after they were celebrating a party bus after their first win. So we got Baylor and Houston, a battle of Texas, and I think this is going to be a you know really really close competitive game. But I'm going to take the Baylor Bears to win in a close one. Yeah, I got Baylor twenty twenty four. Yeah, put together. In a week, last night, first time that these two are meeting the former conference foes, uh, the Southwest Conference, 25 years ago. They were still conference members last time they met. Should be interesting with Dave Aranda comes over from LSU as the D coordinator. Charlie Brewer's back. Um, just needs just over 2,500 yards to beat RG3's all-time record, passing record at Baylor. Um, and then one guy to keep your eye on, Trell Bernard, led last year tackles Led the team last year, tackles 112, 9.5 tackles for losses, uh, four sacks. So that's a guy to watch out for. Baylor's got a lot, couple pieces back. John Lovett and most of the running backs are back of the Bears. Um, we've seen the two in college football this year that, you know, this watching this last week or so, the offenses are really getting off the slow start. So I think it's going to be a little bit low scoring. And then for Houston, Dane Hogelson comes in for um, year number two. They got 16 starters back. Um, again, they thought they were going to have Dayer King. Obviously, he's now in Miami. They got some pieces. Marquez Stevenson, almost 2,000 receiving yards last year. They're running the air raid offense. But I just think Bale's going to be a little bit too much. But it should be a good one. It should be interesting, too, because both teams really haven't prepped for each other until Saturday. You know, um, Houston was probably prepping for Memphis all summer. Um, Baylor's probably prepping for Louisiana Tech, who they were supposed to play. Um, but I'm going to go Baylor, get the home one. Got an interesting matchup uh, in Atlanta as uh, 
UCF travels down to Atlanta to face Georgia Tech. And Mackenzie Milton's back for UCF, right? He, he Well, I guess he's – I think he's practicing. He's not game ready. I didn't oh, okay. Um, Got in the okay. Okay, but I still have UCF winning this in a close one, number four team in the con- fourteen team in the country, beating Georgia Tech in a close one. Yeah, I got UCF again this one, 27-21. Very impressed with Georgia Tech, though, the way they went on the road. I know Florida State's not very good. I know, again, they're in pieces right now. But to go down 10 nothing with a weather delay, a very young team, and they bounce back and get a 16-13 win in Tallahassee. Again, I think they, they have some fans there, too. Um, Again, I, there, there was, uh, I saw a picture. It did not look like they were social distancing very well. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it doesn't surprise me down there. But um, And Jeffson's a true freshman quarterback. was actually a former Florida State commit and decommitted five days after Mike Norvell took the job, went in there, threw a touchdown, had 75 yards on the ground, I believe. Special teams was an issue for the L Jackets. I think they keep it close. Again, I think George um, Collins – is changing the culture, changing everything about Georgia Tech. Uh, give him another few years here to get his pieces in there. Georgia Tech's going to be a threat again in the ACC to, um, you know, get the ACC championship games and all that, like they were under Paul Johnson for a while. For UCF, Dylan Gabriel's back last year as a true freshman. Um, they got 16 targets back, eight on the defensive end, and they were actually pretty good last year. They gave up they gave up 23 points per game. Um, the secondary um, was pretty good. I, I like this UCF defense. Uh, you know, I, I think this is going to be a really solid lineup defense. We saw, you know, a couple years ago that they really struggled defensively, gave, gave up a ton. That's not really the case anymore. Um, they need a wide receiver to step up. Gabriel Davis left um, for the draft. But, again, this could be UCF's year to get to the college football chain. College football playoff. This is this is their chance in their year. So they better. I mean, it might have hurt them a little bit now that the Big Ten's playing. Yeah, probably helped it, them a little bit. The Big Ten wasn't playing because that could open that opened up that opened up a little bit that opened up uh, that, that took Ohio State away. So, but I think with the Big Ten playing, that's going to hurt them. Yeah, it definitely does hurt them. But they still have um, you know better better chance because um, the Americans would be strong this year. Since he's a good team, Memphis is going to be good. Um, so Americans would be strong. But yeah, the Big Ten definitely um, does hurt. Big game of the night on Saturday. It's uh, my as Miami travels to Louisville to face to to, Louis, to Louisville to face uh, I'll say Louisville. So Miami, it's Miami against Louisville on uh, Saturday night, and uh, I think this is going to be a close competitive game. And I'm not going against the Eric King. I got Miami winning it in the upset. I got Louisville going thir- winning this one 34-28. I just again um, Miami ran for over 300 yards. The offense looked good, but it was against UAB. I know Derek King's a really good quarterback, and he brings a lot of – he brings, you know, um, different style than what they had last year, uh, brings some versatility. But I'm just not a believer that he's the one piece that's going to change this whole offense around. I'm not – I don't, I, I got to see it to believe it first. And um, they brought in new offense coordinator, Reed Lashie, uh, Lashie. He was actually the former UConn uh, OC back in 17. When they actually scored some points, they just gave up uh, 51. You know, UConn gave up 40 points a game. Um, so I, I really like him. Quincy Roach coming over from Pitt. Um, got some, I like him on defensive line. They got to get some more pressure on the quarterback. They didn't do a great job of that last week. Um, and then for Louisville, Scott Satterfield doing a tremendous job so far at Louisville. They were only supposed to project four wins last year. 
They got eight. Um, Mikhail Cunningham's a really solid quarterback. They returned 15 starters, both sides of the ball. Um, 2-2 Atwell. He averaged last year 98 receiving yards a game. Um, he's a you know he's a guy that I think could be a second day, third day type guy at the draft this year. Um, also, Des Fitzpatrick is a guy coming back at wide receiver who also think, thought about going to the draft. Um, only, you know, last year they really struggled. They gave up 31 passing touchdowns last year, and only two guys returned in the secondary, which is a little bit of concern. Um, but I think Louisville is going to be able to get it done. And I forget how many total, but I know there's a loud fans there. I, I don't, I don't know how many total. So, um, I think Louisville has the edge of 34-28. Yeah, we'll see. It's just, this isn't a great week of college football because the SEC and uh, SEC and Big Twelve conference play don't get started yet. But still, it still got some good matchups this week in college football. But we got to shift over to baseball, and the COVID cases did continue. I mean. They reportedly continued uh, last week as a Giants uh, player uh, reportedly uh, tested positive for COVID, but eventually that became a false positive. But what this led to, though, was something that Rob Manford did. Uh, because and, and Joe just put up a put up a, uh, a thing with the Mariners and Giants games got postponed in Seattle because of the air quality. But the the big story in baseball, though, is is the the bubble in uh, in, in baseball. It's a that, that, that's the big story that uh, yeah. And one the one thing that Rob Manford has actually done right, I actually can praise Rob Manford for. You know, I've, we've been ripping Rob Manford on the podcast pretty much all year. This is actually, I think, a really good idea. I mean, they're playing in I think the uh, American League. They're playing games in San Diego and Los Angeles in the division series. I think the uh, ALCS is going to be at Petco Park, and then in the National League, they're playing at Globe Life Field. And Minute Maid Park, and I think the World Series is going to be at Globe Life Field. So a, a great, great idea for Major League Baseball to come up with a bubble. And I, I even said it. This is this was the only way baseball was going to be able to crown a champion. And I'm happy they did the bubble. I praise Manford for this. I mean, I've been on him for for, for a lot of things he's done this year, but I praise him for this. Yeah, um, he finally did something right, and it's something they had to do. Um, they could not get around. Yeah, you know, they could not crown a champion. This year without a bubble. Um, again, I know the players, you know, there's been some pushback from the players a little bit, you know, um, about it. Like, I know Justin Turner wasn't happy that his family's out of quarantine for a week. But, again, it is what it is. You know, again, NBA and NHL guys have been there since July, um, June, you know, July. Actually. So, again, they could, you know, again, it's going to be a month at the most. So, again, it's the right decision. They need to do it. Um, it's going to be interesting too, because there's no days off either, you know, between the, um, during the, a, you know, during the champion champion series, um, the, 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 the ALCS and NLCS, like there's no, going to be no travel days. So we could maybe see some, um, really crisp baseball if, you know, um, instead of, you know, instead of these guys traveling, um, which will, you know, will be Fun to see, but it's going to really test teams pitching-wise uh, in depth. Oh, 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 absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, having no days off, you know, you're usually used to playing two days, getting one off. Now with no days off, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, pitching-wise, it's going to be crazy. I mean, it's going to be crazy. You really can't – you can, like you can, in a best-of-five series, you can't bring a start of the pitching game one and have them come back for game four. That was usually the thing that you, that you would usually do. You can't do that now. Yeah, yeah. So it's the teams that kind of can go four, you know, four or five stars deep, you know, and have or have four or five quality guys. 
they can lean on the postseason are going to have such a good advantage. And even because you can't even really lean on the bullpen because, you know, so many days in a row here, you know, you don't want to overuse them. And then the more looks you get, especially they pitch two, three days in a row, it's, it's you know, the hitters are going to get, um, are going to be used to them and be able to, you know, see what they uh, throw, you know, or have a better under, uh, have a better idea of what they're throwing and all that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I don't love that the fact they're playing, you know, all these games in a row, but it gets the season over quicker and you and you don't have to travel today. So they're taking advantage of that. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's going to really test teams. And again, in the, the year that you kind of, um, you know, that's kind of battle test. You've been have the battle test till now and now it's, you know, you get the playoffs. So it's going to be an ultimate battle test of of your depth. And you know how much you got in the tank left. You know you get to game six or seven. Absolutely, absolutely. But we now have to get to the Yankees. Who, yes, last week on the show we were completely bashing them, mm-hmm. and and now they couldn't be playing better. All five starters and Jevy Garcia's pitched twice since then. He's pitched great. The rest, of the other, the other, the other three starters have pitched outstanding. Even Jordan Montgomery pitched well on Saturday. The uh, the the offense has Glaber Torres has woke up. He's played well. And and uh, the and and the bullpen's been good too. So pretty much everything's been good. They're now twenty seven and twenty one. They're ahead of the Blue Jays. They're in second place in the division. And right now, and they got John Carlos Stanton back last night. Right now, they're playing. They're playing better than pretty much pretty much anyone in baseball. And they're playing great baseball at the right time. Yeah, yeah. It, maybe they didn't listen to Cashman last week. See, maybe they listened to us bash them. I know, I know. That probably was it. That was probably it. They listened yeah. to this show, and then they started to they started to supply. They stayed completely yeah. started to play. Wherever they were twenty one and twenty one, now they've won six in a row. Yeah, they they're playing really well. And I, I feel like people do listen. You know, I was bashing you know John Carlos Stanton on Keith's the city early in the season. Then he hits a two run homer. I was bashing Brett Gardner. Then he hits a home run. So they think they listen to this show. Yeah, no, they know too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're probably tired of you bashing them. Yeah, you know, they, they need that wake up call, but um, yeah, and I, I heard too they brought down Thyro Estrada, which sounds like maybe Aaron Judge is the guy that they call up tonight that they reinstate from the IL tonight, so that would be a, another nice bur- boost to have him, um, Aaron Judge back. But yeah, this, this team, you know, I don't know what it was, but this team finally they just turned the corner and they just looked like they're having fun again. Um, Glaber Torres, I because the lens are new. So I wonder, because he was chasing a lot. So I just wonder if he just was not seeing the ball. Because he's been wearing them all the time now when he hit. So, and he's been batting 500 since. So maybe he just was not seeing the ball. I don't really know. Um, they haven't really said anything. But that was kind of my thing I took away from it. Maybe he just struggling to see the ball. I, I, I agree there. I mean, since he's had the glasses, he's been red hot. So he's got to keep the glasses on. He's, he's just been red hot. Just been red hot. And the thing for the Yankees right now, things are just going to get better. I feel like because Garrett Cole's pitching tonight, and then uh, they play the Red Sox this weekend, and they haven't lost to the Red Sox yet this year. So I think things are just going to keep getting better for the Yankees. Yeah, it definitely could. Now I know Boston uh, would love to try to, you know, take two or three and put them as like a seven or eight seed, but uh, Boston may be really woken up to play that series the series this weekend. I, yeah, but I, I think things can get a much better, especially you win again tonight against Cole. You kind of give yourself a little, a game and a half over the Blue Jays, but um, you still got them next week for four straight. But yeah, you know, again, hopefully Judge and Stan can get going. Um, And yeah, they, they could be riding high. And again, they, again if and they can stay healthy, yeah, this is 
one of the most dangerous teams in the American League. Oh, absolutely. I and mean, once they get Judge and Stanton back, the pitching pitches the way they, they have, and the bullpen that's starting to find find its groove now is continues to pitch well. This team could be really this team could, you know, the sky's the limit for this team. Yes, we were bashing them last week, but this six game winning streak has really, you know, changed my tune on this team. Yeah, no, I had. You know, last week I was kind of, you know, what do you know, seven eight seed? Do they have a chance here? And now it's a, you know, again, not, and they're peaking too at the right time, which you know, again, they could go on and make a run here. I don't. They're not. They're probably not going to chase the Rays, obviously, but um, they're definitely peaking at the right time, and they're playing some great baseball. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's crazy to think of. We'll be talking about play, Yankee playoff baseball in two weeks because they're the last week of the regular season next week, and then they got the they start the playoffs the week after. So we'll be talking Yankee playoff baseball uh, in two weeks. Crazy to think of that. It is. You know, it's crazy. I think this year's almost over already, and they're uh, like fifty games, about forty eight games in. I think the Yankees have played so far. So it's crazy that it's a playoff push, and this is about it. And it's kind of the uh, yeah. Uh, you know, coming down the stretch here, the stretch run, and it is crazy, but um, yeah, I continue to play good baseball. Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll be, we'll be talking about them pretty, hopefully, all throughout October. But we got to talk some uh, NHL playoffs, and we have a team that advanced to the Stanley Cup, and that's the Dallas Stars uh, advancing to the Stanley Cup finals. And I want I, I to ask you this, Justin. Uh, what, regardless of who they play, how good of a chance do they have of winning the Cup? Um, I think it depends. Uh, Lightning move on here. I think it's really, really tough. The Islanders, um, you know, come back from three, one and take the lightning. I think that they have a good chance. Um, Dallas, it's weird. Um, now Ben Bishop's been banged up and he was still unfit to play there night. So don't know what's going to happen here. If he gets another few days off here. And it's been a journeyman backup, 34-year-old Antoine um, Kabodin. Um, he allowed eight goals in five games. He played really, really well. And the thing is about the Stars is they scored um, a total of 15 goals in five games against the Vegas Golden Knights. But then they and, you know, played very more defensively. But then they scored 57 goals against the Avalanche. And they're able to, you know, there are some shootouts in that one. So, it's a very interesting team. So if they want to play a shootout and be able to score some goals, they can, you know, if they want to play that rugged, all right, two, one, uh, three, two game, they could do it. You know, um, it, it's just crazy that they, they have a journeyman back up here. That's um, just stealing the show and they're five and zero as well in OT so far. But, um, it, you know, this, this is a team that's, they were a three seed. Um, they fired their head, their, Coach, head coach got fired. Um, I think he was like verbally swearing or something. It was something of that magnitude. They just gave the inter, the interim coach the head head coaching position yesterday. Um, the full time now, whatever you want to call it. So it, this team's flying high right now, and I think they have a good shot. And the last time they were in it was two thousand, um, and they won it back in. Um, 1999. So. 99. I remember that. I remember uh, Brett Hall was in the crease and he scored that game winning goal. But so Buffalo fans still won't forget that. And then, and then they lost the Devils in uh, 2000. Joe Joe's a Devils fan. He might remember that. They lost. They lost the Devils. I think it was six games in 2000. Oh, I did not know Joe was a Devils fan. He. I think he told us one one time after the show. 
Oh, okay. But yeah, so yeah, so they lost in two thousand. So it's their first Stanley Cup Finals appearance in twenty years. Brett Hall and they had Brett Hall and Mike Madonna. That was the last time they got to the Stanley Cup. Yeah, it's been a while ago. They've gone through some logo changes and all that, and uniforms. But yeah, um, this team team's got a shot. You know, I thought Vegas was gonna win the series in five six games, but um, they you know proved me wrong. Yes, yes, yes. So we'll go to the Eastern Conference Finals, and we got the uh, Islanders and the Lightning. Had a really good game last night. The uh, Islanders won in double. And I still don't, still can't name any player on this Islanders team, but they just keep staying in the playoffs. They won again last night, two to one over the Lightning. Do you think Justin the Islanders got a chance to beat the Lightning in this series? I would love to see the Islanders get in, um, but I, I, I don't think they they have enough. I think. I think this is the Lightning's year. I really do. They and I thought they were going to end it. The Lightning were going to end it. Um, Anthony Bouvelay had a high sticking call, the minute twenty left, and it was a double minor because I forgot who he high stick. Guys started bleeding, so it turned into a four minute penalty. And I thought that was going to be it. And they were able to fight to get the double OT. Um, they took advantage of a turnover. Jordan Eberle put it away, get the two one win. I thought after game two where they lost with six seconds left, they played well. They got shots on net. They just could not get it by Balaleski. Um, and Braden Point is out for the Lightning, which gives them a, a better shot. I just do not think they have enough firepower. The Lightning, for the most part, have really outshot them. And I, I just think that they're too much. Victor Hedman, the best defenseman in the game right now, has like eight goals so far in the postseason. The seventh um, defenseman all time to ha- do that, and he's the first agent, Brian um, um, Brian Lynch and uh, Brian Lynch, yeah, Brian Lynch. Brian Leach. Yeah, Leach. Um, as a Ranger, a Ranger yeah. fan, as a Ranger fan, old as a Ranger fan, I used to watch the Rangers in you know the the, the early two thousands. I remember that. Yeah, and that's the last guy that did it, and obviously the Rangers won it in ninety four, and you know Edmonds looking the. Uh, Bring it back to Tampa, and I think they have a good shot. And they're the favorite. I just think this is their year. I think they're able to put it away um, in Game Six on Friday night. Yeah, it's got to be because because the Lightning have been knocking on the door so many times. I mean, Conference Finals in 2011 against the Bruins, uh, uh, Stanley uh, Stanley Cup Finals against the against the uh, Blackhawks, Conference Conference Finals against the the uh, Penguins, Conference Final against the uh, Capitals. They've been knocking on the door so many times. I feel like this is their year. Yeah, yeah, uh, same with you. Um, and it would be fun too if Ben Bishop can get back. They gave, they got rid of him um, for Vasilevsky. They gave him to Dallas. So uh, Ben Bishop going to trying to shut down his former team in the Stanley Cup would be very fun to watch. Be a good headliner. Yeah, it absolutely, it absolutely would. But we're going to wrap up the show with some golf because the U.S. Open is this weekend. And obviously, we know who the favorite is. It's Dustin Johnson. I mean, he's, he's right now clearly the best golfer in the game. Um, and I got him winning the winning the U.S. Open. Obviously, other guys, you got you got John Ram, 10 to 1. Justin Thomas, 14 to 1. Roy McIlroy, 16 to 1. And Bryson DeChambeau, 22 to 1. So, U.S. Open, always a fun golf tournament. A little bit overshadowed this year. Just the timing of it is just not good because it's during the NFL, during the NBA playoffs, and, and during the NHL playoffs. So the timing's not great. But still, I'll definitely be, be flipping back and forth, checking checking it out this weekend. Yeah, um, definitely overshadowed with everything going on. Um, there just, you know, definitely is. And I think Justin Johnson, the way he's playing, I, I think 
this is his tournament to beat this weekend. Um, yeah, definitely one of the opens I always watch every year because I think Masters next weekend or the week after. So that's cool. uh, I think Masters is November 14th. Oh, is it that? Oh, I think no. it's that late. Yeah, I, I thought it was in September for some reason. My bad. Um, but yeah, it was a good golf tournament. I think right now, Joseph Johnson's fun really well. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to, you know, I'll, I'll check out a little bit of it. I mean, I won't, uh, I won't be glued to it because of everything going on, but I'll, I'll definitely, as a casual golf observer, I'll check out a little bit of it. Yeah, definitely check out. It'll be tough Sunday with football, Saturday, Sunday with football on, but uh, definitely check in for a little bit and, um, you know, check out top guys going into Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. That's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R&J. For Justin Anafrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back here next week previewing week three of the NFL season. Have a great weekend, everyone.